Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a Netflix for finance? Well, there is. It's called Real Vision, and it gives you unprecedented access to some of the most respected names in finance. Watch interviews with legends like Kyle Bass, Jeff Gunlock, Stanley Drunkenmiller, and many, many more. If you want to be part of the Real Vision revolution, visit realvision.com slash WSO. Hello and welcome, everyone. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. You might be asking, what happened to Wall Street Oasis? Don't worry, nothing happened. Wall Street Oasis still pays for this podcast, and it's part of the name, Moving Up by Wall Street Oasis. We just thought that for everyone who's not familiar with Wall Street Oasis, yes, there are people out there, I know it sounds crazy, but it's true, that Moving Up would help give them an idea about what this podcast is about. Moving up in the world, moving up in your job, just moving up. Yeah. So that's it. Let's get into the podcast today. We're talking with Urs Sipi. Urs is the managing partner of Bertelsmann Digital Media Investments. That's a lot to say. And I know that everyone is not familiar with Bertelsmann in this country, but they're basically like the Time Warner of Germany. And Urs runs their in-house venture investing arm. Yes, corporate venture capital. We'll talk about that and how Urs became a corporate VC. Okay, Urs. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so you work for kind of a, it's a corporate venture capital fund, mm-hmm. and you're out of New York, and you're investing kind of in the future of uh, the entertainment and media world. So let's just hear exactly what you do today, and then we'll kind of go back and figure out how you got to how you got to this point. Sure. So uh, I'm I'm the managing partner of uh, BDMI, which is uh, Bertelsmann Digital Media Investments. It's uh, the corporate VC, as you said, for a big media company called Bertelsmann. They're a family-owned, headquartered in Germany, big media company, uh, I think a little over $20 billion in, in revenue. Uh, they do uh, television, they do books, they do music. So they're, they're, they're a big uh, uh, company in the yeah. media space. Kind of like the Fox of Germany? Yeah, ca- kind of. Like a Tom Warner Fox. Yep, that's yeah. a little bit like that. Yep. Um, we, uh, uh, and I, I, I run the corporate venture fund that is investing in North America, Europe, and Israel. So I get to travel quite a bit. Uh, and we do early stage investing since 2006 now. So I've been doing this for uh, uh, 11, 12 years now. And uh, we're set up pretty much like a normal financial VC. So we have the same incentive structures in place that uh, ensures that we are aligned with the founders that we back. So we, it's, I mean, sometimes when you just uh, take money from corporates, you have to kind of think about what are their ulterior motives or what, 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 what do they want to do at the end of the day with this. And we were... We were set up to, you know, make money. I hope to invest in startups early and sell them for a higher price uh, uh, later at some time. But I only invest in things that are relevant to my parent company. So we only invest in, in the media space. 
because we think we are, you know, we, we, we can help, we have an edge, and, uh, you know, it's, it's the one thing that my parent company actually cares about. So, um, and I've been doing that, as I said, since 2006. We do early stage uh, investment, meaning from seed to C round. So we do literally as early as uh, an idea on a napkin and $100,000. That's something we can do uh, up to writing, you know, a $5 million check into something that's a little uh, later and bigger uh, as well. We, um, we're very focused. So we only invest uh, in three, four sectors right now. Uh, online video VR is the first. So it's the future of television or something like that, if you want to call it that. We do, a, we have a sector we call pop tech, which is publisher technology, all the B2B to media, so ad tech and MarTech and payment solutions, podcasting solutions for media companies, things like that. And the last sector we call content community commerce. Those are, you know, those can be commerce uh, startups, but they, there always has to be like a media angle for us to be interested. I couldn't invest in, in, a, in a plain website that sells widgets. It, it, there needs to be a media angle for us to, to make sense. Um, yeah, we're very active. We spend a lot of time here in L.A. We, we like uh, Southern California. It's, uh, it has been good to us. We made a couple of investments that we sold. We, uh, we have a lot of investments here. Uh, I mean, if, if you like video, you have to come to, to, to L.A. That's, that's where video is at. Uh, um, and so we, most of our investments are here, and the next city would be uh, New York. And then we have the rest is kind of pretty diverse, uh, Silicon Valley, Europe. Uh, so uh, let's see what else. Uh, I don't know, investments that people might know. Uh, Mike Media, for example, is a kind of a next-gen publisher that is uh, doing uh, news or content for people who want to change the world. Uh, we have uh, an investment in a company called Jukin Media. They do uh, a, a lot of viral videos. They find these viral videos before they get big. And then when it, whether, whether it's Chewbacca Mom or something like that, they, they're involved in all of those. But also companies where you might not know the, uh, uh, the name of the company, but Wibbits, they create uh, uh, video content automatically out of text. So you give them a, a, the URL of, a, of a, a written article, and they will create, uh, in 30 seconds, they'll create a, a video for you, and many, many others. So, but it's, everything's very related to, to media. Sure. And that's really interesting. Yours, I don't, you're definitely the first corporate VC that I've had on. So I want to explore sure. what that means a little bit more. Um, but you said you have a structure like a, like a traditional venture capital fund where mm -hmm. you're in it just to make money. A lot of corporate venture capital funds kind of have a dual purpose, mm -hmm. maybe to make money, maybe to see interesting things, maybe to you know, fend off disruption in their existing business. Mm -hmm. And I think it gets complicated when you start having multiple different angles that you're trying to achieve in one business line. What, do you, what are your thoughts around that? Actually, I mean, I, I, A, number one, my boss might be listening, but no, in, in general, we, we do have two goals too. I mean, it's, it's, but it's, it's a clear financial goal and the financial goal is, you know, there's a carry structure in the fund which makes sure that, you know, if you sell something for more, uh, the team gets something of that. So it's, it's a clear alignment. But we have a strategic goal which is, uh, you know, only invest in things that are relevant um, and, uh, you know, help the parent company with navigating the changes with digitization and, and, and the changes that are happening in the media space in general, the disruption, all those things. What we don't have is necessarily a, an M&A goal. Like, I, I don't have a quota of companies that, that Bertelsmann should buy because then I think very often you do run a little bit into problems with the, like, like you have two hats, you have two goals. If, if I want to buy the company, you don't want it to do too well because it gets too expensive. So that, that's why I'm, I'm, I agree. Sometimes having multiple goals is, is, uh, can be complicated. 
I feel very comfortable with the way we handle ours. It's yes, we help the parent company with, you know, st strategic, you know, some scouting of trends and topics without kind of uh, uh, doing anything that's to the detriment of the startups because, you know, we're, we're definitely the startups is my, those, the founders are my customers. It's, uh, uh, they're the ones that I have to take care of uh, uh, because if, they, if I do a good job there, you know, the team will do quite well uh, on our end as well. So it's, uh, it's an easy alignment. Sure, that, that, that makes sense. So I mentioned before we started recording that I worked for Warner Brothers. They had a kind of a venture investing arm. And we'd go to these you know, meetings with technology companies, and it was like, oh, we're going to take your technology and our content, and we're going to put them together, and it's going to change the world. Is it stuff like that? I mean, or is it like looking like, okay, we you know, have a very traditional business that has strong cash flows from current businesses. We, we want to take learnings from a lot of these you know, digital new companies and apply them to our businesses. So there's, I mean, a little, it's, you have to be a little careful. You don't want to be, you don't, what you don't want to do is uh, run around, steal other people's ideas and apply them to, to your own. So that, that's clearly something we don't do. We are very careful with sharing what information we share, when we share it with our own parent company. But of course, we are here to find companies that hopefully will work with our parent company. So we have uh, a lot of our portfolio companies. One of our LA examples would be, uh, a company called Style Hall. It was one of those early YouTube MCNs. They were focused on uh, fashion and beauty. And uh, we made sure that they met the right people at Fremantle, which is our television production company, and then they, they started co-producing content. So we, I clearly am very happy when there is a strong link between the operating companies of my parent company and our startups. That, that's, that's the double whammy. If we, if we put money in, then they work together, and the company's doing so well, you know, that, that, that's great. But we don't force that. There are some strategic investors who can only invest if there is an operating deal, for example. We, we don't do that. It, it, it would take too long. It, it, uh, you know, we, we need to react at venture speed, how we call it. So I want there to be a link. But if it doesn't exist, it, uh, if it doesn't happen, that, that's fine, too. I mean, we have, we have startups in our portfolio that are not working with Bertelsmann, for example. So that, and that's, that's totally fine, too. Sure. So you're, I'm always interested when I speak with someone that's you know, got to the top I, I want to hear your path. You know, a lot of people listening sure. to this podcast, they're early in their careers. A lot of them would love to become venture capitalists. Sure. How do you do that? Okay, sure. It's a tough question, actually. Venture, difficult industry to get into. So I um, studied business in, in Germany, business economics. Uh, also in the U.S., got an MBA there, too. Uh, almost thought about uh, staying in academia and becoming a professor for finance. So definitely very financially uh, uh, interested. Uh, but then uh, got an offer from Bertelsmann for a job that was just too good to be true. So I, by, uh, and actually it was true. So uh, have to be, as a German, sometimes I might not use the, the, the American sayings the, the right way. Um, so uh, it was a mixture. The, the job they offered me was a mixture of uh, strategy, finance, and a little bit of controlling in there. Like, uh, and I, that was, sounded really good for me because those are the things that I was, was really interested in. So I worked at a, in the headquarter at a department that is every month kind of doing the analysis, how's the business doing? It's called corporate controlling and strategy. So it's like the, the numbers-driven strategy department. And the overall business. For the overall corporate, like you looked at uh, why is our book division behaving this way and what's, what's the trend? Should we buy this big uh, company or not? It's a, it was an interesting, like a, you got a lot of exposure uh, to all the different kinds of media because we have all kinds of media in our, in our parent company. So I know what a, 
origin for a magazine or radio cha uh, uh, channel could look like, should look like, or things like that. That was a really, that was a, but it was a lot of work. It was one of those departments that, you know, worked long at nights. There were weekends uh, where you had to work. It was right. not much different than my friends that went to uh, consulting or, or, or banking. I mean, This is filled I, with, with ex-investment bankers, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's people like who were in consulting or, or, or some, some financial kind of bankers. Uh, that's true. Uh, so I did that. Um, and then there's a very German thing, so that's, I'm sorry, I'm not sure whether uh, people can replicate that so much in the U.S. It's, uh, German companies like to have, a, they call it executive assistant, but it's more like a chief of staff. So it's like a, a, a young woman or man that uh, is smart and likely had some experience in consulting that is kind of shadowing the CEO, and whenever that person needs a presentation or needs to be prepped for something, that's what that person does. So I think chief of staff might be a, sure. might, might be more the, the better title. And I did that for the CEO of all of Bertelsmann. So I, I, I spent a lot of time with him. I learned a lot about you know management in general. I was a young, young guy uh, out, of, out of university and always sitting behind him. Yes, I was carrying his uh, satchel for sure uh, uh, as well when we were traveling. But uh, you learned a lot. Um, but in Germany, this title is typically you do that for one or two years and then you move on in the organization because in that two years, you build a great network. And then so I then, after some time, moved on and, and went into the venture fund, so to speak. So, so this is a little bit the, the, the path. So worked hard in, on the very numbers-driven strategy, then did uh, chief of staff, and then went into venture capital, which is clearly, I mean, uh, Bertelsmann is a fantastic company when it comes to allowing people to take roles that, you know, other, I mean, they, they, they trust people with, with, with new roles and, and, and work. I'm not sure another venture fund would have hired me, to be honest. It's so, so I was, uh, uh, Bertelsmann created this fund. Uh, I was one of the four uh, founding partners. And uh, I think it was uh, great that they trust uh, uh, their people with doing that. That was the beginning team. Now that I'm in it for 12 years, I, the team, I hired partners who were uh, in venture before, so now we, we, we're not only people from within Bertelsmann. If you look at the team, I think there's like a almost 50-50 split of people who come from within our operating business. They know media. They know the parent company. And the other half is like, oh, no, these are normal VCs that, you know, uh, know the venture world. And, and that's how they came in. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting, interesting way of getting here, I think, uh, to where I got. And venture is a, it's, it's a great job. Um, has its downsides too. It's uh, it, it takes a long time to figure out whether you're good at it. I mean, a normal venture fund is a 10-year fund, right. so the money is gone, and at the you, you'll typically see the losers before you see the winners. So I think one of the magic things in ventures you have to survive long enough because at some point you'll find something good. And uh, so I was lucky enough to have a, a you know some somewhat patient uh, uh, limited partner in, in in Bertelsmann. So it definitely took us uh, some time to kind of hit our strides and uh, find good investments. Uh, but by now, we, we, we sold enough companies, we exit enough that uh, I think we've, we've proven that we, we know what we're doing. Yeah, uh, that's super interesting. I love that sure. story. I want to get into sure. the VC stuff. But right before mm -hmm. we do, you, I want to figure out how you got that chief of staff job. I mean, that sounds like an incredible opportunity, mm -hmm. getting a shadow of the CEO for one or two years. You're obviously working hard, you're smart, but what do you think was it that, that set you apart that allowed you to get that job? So the, so the one thing, being, being in the department that knows all the numbers, so uh, there, there was a chief of staff before uh, uh, and th that then left and that's why there was this vacancy. 
he always had to come to this department to ask for when, whenever he prepared a presentation on how is Bertelsmann in North America doing or how is like whenever they needed a presentation, the numbers part typically ca came from my, my department. Um, so knowing the numbers was, was already good. And the second part is at my school where I studied, which was a small private university in Germany uh, called Leipzig Graduate School of Management, HHL, they, they focus quite a bit on, on presentation uh, training. So we get, uh, I think when I was there, the, you learn how to do give presentations from a McKinsey partner and, and, and things like that. And I think that clearly helps you, especially early in your career, uh, being able to communicate well on like uh, putting information on a chart uh, is is uh, being presenting well. I think is is, is an important skill that helps you in, in, in your career. Um, so I think that was one one reason why why I was able to get that job. Second reason um, in that at at that company at Bertelsmann, they they do value quite a bit if you if you network a bit because we are very decentralized. We are, we have one hundred twenty thousand employees all over the world, so we're, we're a pretty big company, and. It's kind of a, I think it's one of the values that they really, they, they appreciate if you don't go every day uh, uh, for lunch with your own team, but if you actually, you know, a couple times a week uh, uh, mix it up and meet people from other uh, departments. And uh, I think being able to network and, and build kind of relationships with people is, is important too. And for a chief of staff role, that is actually quite important as well, because you're sometimes the moderator of, you have to get information from different people. So I think presenting well, uh, be, being able to network a little bit, I think those are two two skills that you know whatever uh, aspiring students or professionals should always kind of uh, try to uh, work on. That's great. So let's get into day in the life. Let's you wake up. You know how much of your job is spent dealing with current portfolio companies? How much is spent taking new meetings and looking at new opportunities? And how do new opportunities get on your desk? I'd love to hear mm -hmm. sure. how that works. Sure. So um, and I think my my. My day looks a tiny bit different than, than, for example, if you take one of our other partners. We have three partners in the, in the fund. I, I'm the managing partner, and I have two partners. Uh, because I, uh, I spend a little bit more time also on, on, on projects with the parent company. So I, I have about, I'd say, 20% of my time is, is, is just dealing with, with Bertelsmann. So I'm, I'm, I flew to Europe last week. I, I, I met people in London, in Germany. In, in, uh, so, so that's... A normal VC does not necessarily have that part of the job, but let's if, let's take that out. Um, I think I, I'd spend about a third of my time meeting meeting new companies. Uh, a third uh, a third of my time, I'd say, yeah, it's, it's a good mix. I think with with the existing portfolio, and the other third is with people in the industry. It's just it's as a, as a VC, you need to know the right people. At the big platforms, Facebook, YouTube, whatever you need, because you need to know when it, if if you want to help your portfolio, you need to know the right people to introduce them to at potential buyers, potential partners, uh, potential clients, all these kind of things. So I think that's that's roughly I think the uh, the day, and that is for me as a as a managing partner. I think if I uh, if you go a little bit further down, the the more junior you go, the more the deal screening part gets gets bigger. So I think our juniors definitely spend uh, uh, more of their time meeting new companies. For them, it might be 40, 50% of their time that they spend meeting meeting new companies. Uh, and then the other 50%, I'm sure, you know, 25% uh, uh, they spend with uh, uh, helping our portfolio. And the other 25% is 
you know, when one of the seniors needs support on a presentation or on a topic, because we do quite a bit of research and we even put some of our research out there on, on SlideShare. So we, we, you know, you always need help uh, with some of those things as well. So I think that's, that's roughly, you asked how, how, how a day. So today it started at 6 a.m. for a board meeting uh, uh, because it was a New York company that uh, we're here in California in sunny, sunny Santa Monica. The board meeting was in, uh, uh, in, in New York. So it can start early uh, and uh, it can go late. So, uh, it's, so the, 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 the hours are, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's better than investment banking, but it's, it's not nine to five uh, uh, exactly. And uh, so I think that's, that's, that's kind of how a day typically is. And we look at a lot of companies. I think you asked about how do we get to our companies. We, I think we look at 1,500 companies a year that we evaluate, that uh, make it into our kind of specialized CRM that we have that was built for VCs. Um, and uh, that's a lot of companies. So yeah. we meet a lot of them, the several a day, typically, that uh, someone in my team meets for, for a pitch. Um, and so, for example, one of the dark or not so fun things in venture is uh, which if you only do uh, five to ten investments and you find uh, look at 1,500 companies, you have to say no quite a bit. Yes. So that's the one aspect before coming into venture I, did, I didn't really know. So the uh, yes, you have to say no quite a bit. And you get overwhelmed with emails. I, if you're a VC that is writing checks, you get a lot of emails. I think I, I, I still sometimes openly uh, uh, acknowledge, I think uh, inbox zero definitely does not work for me. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, sometimes people have to email me multiple times and it's I think I have like 20,000 unread emails in my inbox or something like that. So unfortunately, uh, wow. yeah, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the one part I didn't, I was not used to before. I, I always answered every email. Well, once I became a VC, that, that is very difficult. You just don't have enough time in the day to, because everyone wants to meet and pick your brain. And, and, and like, I think if I, if, if I got a dollar for every time I get an email for, oh, I would love to pick your brain on something, it's, uh, I'd be rich. Uh, so that's, that's, you know, another aspect of, of venture life. And um, let's get the, the bad stuff out of, uh, out of the way first. And then, of course, if a company doesn't work out, it's, not all, it's definitely not fun. I mean, the, the pro, the, like the process at the end of a, of a failed startup, uh, I mean, you, you invest as a VC because you, you know, you love the team, you, you like the idea. You, I mean, you're emotionally invested, and in, in, in that's why you... That's why you write a check. I mean, we all know venture is 90% of startups fail. So you know there will be a bumpy ride. You literally know before you write the check that it's not going to be an easy. You, it's just right, part but of it. But it's so, so difficult, it, even if you it's know. It's so difficult, and that's why you only do it for people you really like because if, you, know, you don't, you don't want to go through a difficult time with someone you, you don't. So the, 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 you know, the part where a startup doesn't work out is, is definitely not fun. So that's all the negative stuff. Now, it's still, I think, the best job in the world. You, you every day get inspired by, you know, entrepreneurs that want to change the world. They have great new ideas, and uh, so you constantly get uh, uh, get kind of stimulus from from people that are so energetic and and uh, innovative. So I love that part. So it's like, uh, so that's why I, th I still think, and you know, networking is a big big part of the job. I, you know, I like it. So, hey, you basically, I get paid for going to events and, and, and parties because it's, it's, it's part of the job. You yeah. need to meet the right people everywhere. And uh, I think uh, we, one of our seat deals, we closed, you know, after a round of beer at South by Southwest. So we, we literally met them there, got the pitch, and uh, in one of those beer tents said, okay, we're in. So 
it's 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 a really fun job to to have. Well, that's that's great to hear. So usually at the end of these conversations, I'll ask something about advice for young people. But for you, I want to ask sure. advice for people pitching a VC. Like, what are their best practices? Things that you know set them apart. Fifteen hundred pitches. Just practically, what gets people onto the the mm-hmm. next levels? So, um, so the the most important thing is do your homework, as in research the investor what. Which partner did what kind of deals? Because you should, if, if you're a podcasting company and you see that in our fund, there seems to be one guy doing most of the podcasting work, maybe you should pitch that person and not, not someone else. You'd be surprised that we, we get pitches uh, sent for real estate, healthcare, biotech, which is something we would never, ever invest in. So those are like, those are like you pass within a second once you see the, the first chart uh, uh, on, the, on the deck. So do your homework. Uh, is it the right stage? Is uh, um, there's no uh, coming to us and saying, "Oh, you're raising a hundred million dollar round." Uh, uh, that's not what we do. We write one to five million dollar checks. So, so, but once you've done all that, I'm. When I started in this job, I I, I didn't want to do it that way. But the best thing to have is a warm introduction, because yeah. as I said, we get too many pitches. But if one of my founders, one of the co-investors we like, sends you a deal, it's like significantly up higher on the priority that you'll actually read it and, and, and give them a meeting. So, uh, and I, I remember when I, I think uh, Mark Suster interviewed me when I, uh, uh, earlier in my career when, when, when I, uh, uh, he had this video podcast, Both Sides of the Table, I think. Uh, and I think I said, no, no, we still monitor our info at bdmifund.com address and you don't need a warm intro if you... If uh, I want to be egalitarian, everyone gets a chance. It's just I think the sheer amount of pitches we get just makes that difficult. So, yeah. yes, network your, your way in by finding someone I know and sure. that, I, that I value. And it's, again, yeah, I think that's the, the most important part because it also shows that you know how this, how this in industry or ecosystem works because networking, knowing the right people is, a, is an important part of startups. And even if you don't know the right people, you can get to know the right people. Yeah. You can right. find the connections and send the cold emails to them and you know, work your way up. You don't have to go right to the president at, every, exactly. at, at the very beginning. So, exactly, yeah. Uh, that's good to hear. I guess, lastly, I looked at your website and it said you have a posting for a pre-MBA mm-hmm. analyst. The right way to apply would not to be to email you because too many emails, but, but uh, what's that job? So, uh, so we have a, 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 an analyst program. So we uh, typically have two, and it's designed as a two-year program where we, we actually we have a real curriculum. We make sure that during that time, people learn everything from, you know, the nitty-gritty of term sheets to, you know, board work and, 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 and everything in between. Uh, we, it's okay to send us an email. There is a website where I'll very likely then send them the link to our kind of posting, and, and Bertelsmann has like a whole HR website for all the job postings. So that's how one would apply to it. But I'll, I'll just briefly again talk a little bit about the profile. We typically hire our pre-MBA analysts when they have about two years of work experience. We have a slight preference for kind of a, a investment bankers. So we like people that were two years Typically in smaller investment banks, so Julian Loki and, and folks like that would be would be a good fit because they know startups, they know they know the VCs because they helped on the fundraising side, uh, or they know buyers. It's it's a little different than someone who worked at uh, one of the large big investment banks and sure. did like public equities or, or, or DCM or something like that. So 
That's that's. But that's our profile. Honestly, I think uh, again, do your research. Uh, every fund has a different kind of profile. If you look at who are the kind of people they hire, we have a slight preference for uh, financially kind of people that can model financially minded. But that's just because our style. We do a little bit more diligence than 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 other VCs. I guess it comes because we're a corporate. I, I have no idea what, why it is. Um, but so that's uh, for everyone listening and interested. Yeah, if you're uh, pre-MBA, did a little bit of banking, but also consulting or startups is fine. Uh, definitely uh, feel free to uh, apply. Okay. Well, Urs, this was so much fun talking with you. Thanks for doing this. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Cool. Thanks for listening as always. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes and send me an email, alex at wallstreetoasis.com. Thanks.